Radio. This is Catholics Read on cradio.org.au. Hello and welcome to this episode of Catholics Read. I'm Luke. And I'm Victoria. And um, Chiara's not here at the moment through no, like, not because of her own fault or anything like that. But or an because... ailment or anything. No, no, <laughs> just because um, we decided to start early um, and Chiara didn't look at, the, at Facebook or something like that when we made the decision, which is understandable because she's probably working. That's true. Um, and being studious and not checking Facebook, which is good. But nonetheless, we're, uh, we're, here, we're here on our own. And uh, this week, Victoria has brought in a poem, um, which takes about three minutes to read, but I still didn't read it, um, called... (laughs) Oh, how we've fallen. (laughs) We started off with long books, and now it's... And now it's like, can't read the three-minute poem. In my defence, we decided on this today. Yes. Um, Still, three minutes, Luke, come on. All right, uh, called... Like, we probably spent more than three minutes chatting before we started the recording. Like, it's... Anyway... (laughs) It's called My Last Duchess by Robert... Browning. Well, yes, Robert Browning. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, yes, yeah, so My Last Duchess by Robert Browning. Um, and, you know, it's short enough. We're actually just going to... Read it. Victoria's just going to read it right now because yeah. it's out of copyright. Yay. Um, and it means that we can read this on the air, I think. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> All right. Go for it, Victoria. Okay. So this is My Last Duchess by uh, Robert Browning. You need a little bit of context before you hear it. So there's a duke, and as we understand it, there is um, a very wealthy um, man waiting down in his in his foyer, and he sent up his emissary to to come talk to him and bring him down. And along the way, the duke is pointing out things to him in in the corridor. Uh, actually, presumably, they're going down steps. Um, that's what a few critics have been saying. And he's pointing out artwork. And at one point, he stops this man and says. This is my last duchess, and he he draws curtains and shows them, shows him his last duchess. Now it's understood that the um, emissary is there to bring him down to see his master to arrange the next marriage to the duke, and um, that is the context okay. for this poem. And it's right. a dramatic monologue, and it's the duke talking to this messenger, uh, stopping him on the stairs and showing him this, and you get the feeling that something might not be right. I'm getting that feeling. <clears throat> That's my last duchess painted on the wall, looking as if she were alive. I call that piece a wonder now, for our Pandolf's hands worked busily a day, and there she stands. Would please you look at her? I said, Fra Pandolf by design, for never read strangers like you that pictured countenance, the depth and passion in its earnest glance, but to myself they turned, since none puts it to the curtain that I have drawn for you but I, and seemed as they would ask me, if they durst, how such a glance came there, so, not the first of you to turn and ask thus, Sir, t'was not her husband's presence only, called the spot of joy into the Duchess's cheek. Perhaps Fra Pandolf chanced to say, Her mantle laps over her lady's wrist too much, or paint must never hope to reproduce the faint half-flush that dies along the throat. Such stuff was courtesy, she thought, and caused enough for calling up that spot of joy. She had a heart, how shall I say, too soon made glad. Too easily impressed, she liked whate'er she looked on, and her looks went everywhere. So twas all one, my favour at her breast, the dropping of the daylight in the west, the bough of cherry some officious fool broke into the orchard for her, the white mule she rode with round the terrace, 
All and each would draw from her alike the approving speech or blush at least. She thanked men, good, but thanked somehow, I know not how, as if she ranked my gift of a 900 years old name with anybody's gift. Who'd stoop to blame this sort of trifling, even had you skill in speech, which I have not, to make your will quite clear to such as one and say, just this or that in you disgusts me. Here you miss or there exceed the mark. And if she let herself be lessened so, nor plainly set her wits to yours, forsooth and made excuse, even then would be some stooping. And I choose never to stoop. Oh, sir, she smiled, no doubt, whene'er I passed her. But who passed without much the same smile? This grew. I gave commands, then all smiles stopped together. There she stands as if alive. Would please you rise? We'll meet the company below then. I repeat, the count your master's known munificence is ample warrants that no such pretense of mine for dowry will be disallowed, though his fair daughter's self, as I avowed at starting, is my object. Nay, we'll go down together, sir. Notice Neptune, though, taming a seahorse, thought a rarity with Klaus of Innsbruck cast in bronze for me. So that's the end. And um, there's a lot of words and it it goes all over the place and it's quite verbose and mm. sometimes you lose things. But there are certain lines, I think, there that are almost anchors and you can definitely... There's a certain something's a bit off. What what I'm saying is even if you're not quite getting what's going on, I truly which believe I do, that there are, I don't, there are anchors yeah. <laughs> placed within it, certain phrases that it doesn't matter if you're not poetic at all, you can understand what's mm. going on, especially if someone reads it in a dramatic way. Now, I'm I'm no actress, but I do like this poem, and so I have thought to myself, if I was ever to perform this, where I would stress and what I would do. So it's a work in progress. Um, so <clears throat> maybe we should start with Luke. What did you get? <laughs> what did I get? Before okay, we start this, talking this about good, this. Wow, no, this is, this is a good way of doing it. Um, I mean, I think, look, the, because you'd kind of set me up as thinking, oh, there's something a bit wrong with this. But even even so, there was, um, you know what I thought of? Mm. This is a bit silly. Mm. What I thought of was, this is episode of Futurama. <laughs> um, okay. Don't watch that show. <laughs> um, but I mean, like, you know, this is episode of Futurama where they um, they go to this this planet and the um fry acts like is like it's this dry planet and fry like drinks this bottle of water which turns out to be the king <laughs> <laughs> of course but like they're walking along this like this big long corridor of like all the kings like the kings only last like a couple of days because they all um they all get assassinated um, and fry had assassinated the king unknowingly and he becomes the new king um, and so, of course, then he is the target of assassination. But I was just reminding of, like, them walking along this corridor, <laughs> like, seeing all these, like, this line of kings, which all have lasted, like, you know, a week or something like that. Perhaps that was like, a vague um, illusion. You never maybe, know. Maybe it was. I don't know. I'm not sure. Like, of course, Futurama <laughs> alluding to... <laughs> alluding to Browning. Um, but Stranger things have happened. No, it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me. Um, so... I mean, so I do get this this kind of the words not the word I used before was insidious, but it's not the word. There's a word like that. I'm not sure what the word is, but it's like a bit of a foreboding 
kind of like there's something not quite right. There's something a little bit dark. Like when he was describing like her face and smiles and like the the blush across her was it across her neck or something like that? There's just certain things in there that are like, this is not right. What's like, meant to happen is the further you go down, you realise he has these psychopathic tendencies yeah. and you start to wonder, Yeah, like, did he like, kill everyone, his wife? Everyone has to stop smiling. Like, <laughs> no, seriously, like, things yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's, yeah, it's a bit like, I'm just trying to think, like, there's, there's probably a lot of, of films that use this technique. And like, I'm, but I can't think of any at the time. Like, the only thing I can think of at the moment is Futurama, but um, which I think is the scene where he dis- like he doesn't realize that ever that all these kings last like three days, you know, until this scene. And so that's possibly what it is. Maybe. Um, like, I'm just trying to think like if there's any other. It's a bit of a, I guess a uh, a thriller movie, not thriller, but I think there is a bit of a film <laughs> technique. That uses very similar kind of thing, and it may have would it have originated with, with him? I get possibly not. I mean, I imagine like in plays and that kind of thing. But I'm just yabbering at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> talking. Um, no, I no, mean, it's it, good. It I love like hearing something that has it's familiar, mm. and I don't know why. Okay, so oh right, right. Um, yeah, I don't think he'd be the first person to employ these sort of modes and mm. techniques. He's definitely not the last either. As you say, I, yeah, I can't think of a film at the moment, but I can. I feel like it's being that used as well. Feeling that it kind of evokes that something something's feeling. not quite right. Something that I certainly don't experience in my day to day life. Yes. So it must be from 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 literature somewhere. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So just a just a quick summary of what's going on in this poem. Um, as I said, he's showing the emissary. The um the painting, which by the way is behind closed uh, closed curtains, like it's got its own little curtain thing with a drawstring. He says, um, "The curtain I have drawn for." Um, sorry, he says, "But to myself they turned, since none puts by the curtain I have drawn for you, but I." So he's basically limited the, the Duchess is smiling to him now, and he's drawn the the curtain, and um, he's talking about how. Other people have seen this painting, and if they dared to ask, which none of them have, but he can tell they're, they're dying to ask, what put that blush in the Duchess's cheek? What made her smile so? And he's saying, well, maybe it was because the painter was flattering her. And you can tell, like, we know nothing about Frau Pandolf. He's actually fictional. But probably nothing is wrong with Frau Pandolf, and <laughs> the Duke is just getting more and more um, paranoid about these things, jealous. And then he starts going on about how she was such a lovely young woman. She smiled at everyone and um, she treated everyone similarly. Um, there was no favoritism. Um, the, sorry, she, he says, um, 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 too easily impressed. She liked whatever she looked on and her looks went everywhere. So it was all one. So it was all the same. My favorite, her breast. So that could just be him being a loving uh, uh, husband. The dropping of the daylight in the West the sunset, uh, the bough of cherries some officious fool broke into the orchard for her, the white mule she rode around the terrace. So all these things had the same smile and it really starts to get to him and he said, he gets even worse and he's like, she's looking at these things as if they were the same as my 900-year-old name and um, <laughs> he's getting more and more frustrated and angry and then he says, look, I could have had a talk to her about this. But even to point out the fact that something about her was wrong was to stoop. 
and I don't stoop. Mm. So um, I gave commands, then all smiles stopped together. Browning said in a letter or an interview of some sort that he meant to he meant by this line that he either killed her or sent her to a convent. It's one or the other. Ah, uh, okay. Or it's one or the other, though I would say 99% of academics say that he killed her, which is my preferred reading. Yes. I mean, I, <laughs> it's a bit absurd to say that it's my preferred reading, but I think yeah. it makes it makes more sense. And it's also a little bit troubling that, it's, it, it's, that Smiles would stop because she's gone to a convent. Like, that's also a, that's yeah. a little bit troubling for me. <laughs> it's also troubling the idea that of, of the alternative as well. It's, of course, very troubling, but... Um, um, yeah. But then the best bit about this, and it's not something I, I noticed until, like, because I've read, I remember reading this in high school, I've read it almost every year through university or just through pleasure of reading. Um, but I, I recently looked up something by Dr. Andrew Barker, who has a beautiful, um, video dissection of this poem. I'd really recommend everyone looking it up. It's on YouTube. And, um, he says that we need to keep in mind that they're going downstairs, going back down to visit this very wealthy man whose Mm. daughter Mm. uh, the Duke is going to marry. And so – and the Duke's telling this guy all of this. Yeah. And you can tell – You can can tell sort of towards the end. There's something there towards the end. That that you can can tell tell that that maybe he's getting sus and he's getting very scared. Anyway, now there's a line here that I've never noticed before, but thanks to Dr. Andrew Barker, I now have noticed this. Um, So he starts talking about the dowry and stuff. And then he goes, um, at starting is my object. Nay, we'll go down together, sir. Notice Neptune, though. Blah, 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 blah. Mm. So it sounds like the messenger's been brought up to get the Duke to say, this guy is here, come down whenever. And maybe to go back down and wait with with the other man in the foyer. And the Duke's saying, no, 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 no. We're going to go down together because then you can't talk to this man before I yeah. talk to him yeah. and tell him all these things that I have knowingly or potentially unknowingly divulged to you in a fit of yeah. either calculated dialogue, monologue, should I say, or potentially a little bit of a fit of passion, mm. um, which I think is, is, is a bit funny um, and, or, ter- and or terrifying. It's black yeah. comedy <laughs> and or terrifying. And um, I would, yeah, I think this is one of his favourite, um, his Browning's, most famous poems. Usually when you say the name, people say My Last Duchess, though upon more research I found that he's actually more well-known for a whole bunch of other stuff, Okay, uh, which I need to read now. Mm, mm. Um, What's the painting there? Someone's actually... Oh, okay. There is a bit of um, historical research that's been been done into... uh, undertaken concerning this poem. And... A lot of academics believe that the Duke is actually um, the fifth Duke of Ferrara, Ferrara, should I say, Alfonso il Deste, I think that's how you say it, and which would then mean that um, his last duchess is um, Lucrezia de, Medi- de Medici um, and that his subsequent wife is, is some other woman. Like if you look into history, I won't go into it because it's a little bit complicated, but people think he was real. And that, and the, the, there was speculation that, and there was speculation that he poisoned his wife. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, apparently. Okay. So it's just a it's just a chipper poem, but it's fantastic. Should I say it's really fantastic? It's a really bad <laughs> word to use. I was I was being sarcastic. <laughs> okay. 
I don't actually I didn't, I didn't think it's chipper. <laughs> but it is a wonderful poem, I would say, for high schoolers because high schoolers that dislike poetry who think they hate poetry, I would suggest slipping this in. Um, maybe giving them a bit of context as to what it's about so that they've got a setting. Um, because once they get to the end of it, they're like, Miss, did he kill her? Yeah, What's going yeah. on? It's, well, it's, there's, it's, it's kind of like there's a murder mystery yeah, in there. Most certainly. Um, un- almost not, not unintentionally, intentionally, but like when you go into reading it, you don't expect it. That's why this is like, there's something like Twilight Zone about it. <laughs> like, there's something a little bit, it's like this, you know, it seems all normal, but then, ah, it's, like I said, it's such a is it? Element. Are you talking about like, for instance, the uncanny, the unheimlich, all those maybe, sort of things? Maybe, okay. I'm not sure. But there's something, there's something familiar in this poem, like that feeling. And I'm just trying That's to- That's how horror films start, to be honest. But horror films are like this is this is more like there's a psychological thing going yes. on here. Well, psychological like, you horror film. You do kind film. of feel like you're in a bit of a powerless. You're you're put into the position of the of the emissary, and you mm. do feel like I mean, mind you, the first and only time I've heard this poem is you reading it just then. <laughs> but like you, you do kind of feel like there there's something really not right going on here, and you mm. feel a little bit threatened by that. An interesting, like I don't know if anyone's written this, but like a fan. Like fascinating PhD would be to look at the rise in tension, the various points in the poem where most mm. people will think something's not right, and then it keeps rising to, mm. to pinpoint where those points of tension are. Perhaps that exists. Uh, if anyone knows of that PhD, uh, that paper, can they send it to us? Yeah, if not, I'll write it. But it's, um, <laughs> no, it's quite. In terms of like how he's been able to to use this as a. The, the techniques that he's been used, like that he uses there, mm. is quite. I was gonna say precision, but that's not really the right word. Um, cra- like good craftsmanship. Yes, it's right it's it's, it's crafted yeah. um, well enormously crafted. well. He, Robert Browning, is actually one of the only poets to have had Browning reading groups, as in like reading groups dedicated to reading his poetry, unraveling his poetry, exist while he lived. Wow. Okay. Um, and you can sort of see why. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's entertaining. Apparently he started off his poetry in more of like a Shelley sort of esque um, mode. Um, and then towards the middle of his career, he kind of adopt, uh, like adopted his own voice. Yeah. I believe this belongs to that period of his writing. Mm. And if this is his voice, if this is his craftsmanship, then it's no surprise. Mm. Mm. Um, he also married uh, Elizabeth Barrett, who okay. I um, don't know. Well, she was a prolific Victorian poet. She almost got Poet Laureate after Wordsworth died, but oh, okay. uh, Tennyson beat her. Ah, I shouldn't go. say Tennyson it's... beat her. Tennyson yeah. got the position yeah. over her. Um, there, was a, there was a poetry slam. <laughs> there was a poetry slam. Um, but she was prolific in her own right, um, Elizabeth uh, Barrett Browning or Elizabeth Barrett, depending on what you Google. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they're just uh, the Victorian poets are just fascinating. They all knew they all knew each other, and you know they all critiqued yeah. their own like different. It's like, it's fantastic. I don't know. Like I'm just like going on that poetry slam theme there. It's a bit like what's a what's a sports like the Mighty Ducks or something like that with like with like all these different teams like rivals, and it's like the winner is. Um, have you ever, ever seen a poetry slam before? I have not. I have not. I think um, I think one of the most recent ones I've come across is one with uh, Lin Manuel Miranda, the um, you know him. 
No. No, I okay. Thought it was a woman. <laughs> no. Um. <laughs> he's um he's an American um I can't even say he's one thing. He's he's done many things. He's written musicals and, okay. and this and that. He's fantastic at freestyle Maybe rap. Um, <laughs> but there was no poetry slam between Elizabeth Barrett and Alfred Lord Tennyson. However, as a side note, um, you know how you said you're put into the place of the of the emissary and yep. you feel quite powerless. I've been told I don't, and I've not come across this, so I plan to afterwards. That there is a um, uh, a Richard Howard poem um that is almost like a sequel to this poem okay. that is from the messenger's point of view okay. uh, in response to the to the monologue and i think i'll i'll look it up in the next week yeah, or so right. so that might be might something worth checking episode, out yeah. i might do it for a later episode i can't imagine what he would say though sir you are crazy <laughs> um, it's just like the, the whole poem is just an ellipsis trying to shuffle away down the stairs trying to alert trying to alert the police (laughs) trying to alert the guards or something anyway yes um all right we have i think we've we're at we're at 2155 look at that good on us we're trying to go for a 22 minute like mark there so we will um we'll finish there um, in our next episode, we will, um, Kiara will present, oh, actually, no, I don't know. We're doing these all out of order. It's very confusing. I don't know. In our next episode, I don't know, because in the last episode, we said that Kiara would present. Now in this episode, okay. <laughs> um, in our next episode, um, I'm, I might do, I was planning on doing, um, I think it's called Hands of Mercy or Works of Mercy by Mark Shea. Um, so that might be the next episode or it might be a later episode depending on how we order these but yeah we will um, we'll see you next time in the next episode of Catholics Read bye bye that was an episode of Catholics Read from cradio.org.au